Welcome, welcome to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. I am Nick. I'm Michael. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Andre. Hey. And we're back for another week. Uh, now I've got to work out where your mic's actually going to sit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did the mic check just before um, we went on. And then I moved slightly, and now he has to do the mic check again while we're recording. And I didn't even have my mic out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you two are, fi- are just a mess. Jen and myself are perfect. <gasps> you yeah. two always seem to have the good ones. Yeah. No, it's just that we don't really move much. Yeah, well, also, when we're talking into the microphones, we have to actually, like, project our voice towards the microphones mm. and me and Andrea are on the side so we have to kind of like turn a little bit to like look at everyone yeah. else in the studio that's what they need they need to put webcams in here <laughs> and little like iPads in front of everyone so you can look you know at the group chat instead of looking at each other or or think about this I could turn my chair slightly to the right. Nick, this is the games show. We need to come up with the most expensive and ludicrously stupid way of solving this problem. See, it works fine for me because I can see Nick and Andre out of my peripheral vision at all times. <laughs> I, can, I can't I can see Andre at all because of this uh, TV screen that I've got here. Yeah, and if I was in the proper seating, basically the only person I'd be able to see properly is you. Now that's because <laughs> the glasses. Mm. And if we wanted to do this... The most expensively as possible, we would have four different radio stations <laughs> all talking to each other at the same time and broadcasting through a fifth. Well, to be fair, none of you guys even need to be here. I could just set up um, the callback radio, set up the phones. You just call me and we have a group group call that you just call me from. Quality might degrade a bit. Yeah, especially Maybe. when you, like, you know how you hear people on the um, telephone through the Why is it radio? that headset mics, you know, if you're getting a decent headset are, you know, really nice, and then we've never managed to make a good microphone speaker setup for a phone, like, at all. Like, please. That's because you need a lot, like, you have a lot less room to work with. I guess. But I just also want- positioning. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I just want a Yeti Blue, you know, in my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you want something that is literally bigger than your iPhone to be put in your iPhone. Yes. <laughs> just have it as a plug-in. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Oh. <gasps> is there a dongle that goes to a... Bye-bye um, battery. No, um, Bluetooth, though, because they, they did AirPods, so just have is there a, a Air Yeti. <laughs> Is there an air yet? Air yeti? <laughs> I can j- now. I'm just imagining the picture on the box just being a flying yeti. Even well, you could go Australian and go, you know, yowie. <laughs> the flying yowie. Well, how are the yowies doing? Because we haven't had any snow properly. Well, I mean, the yowies. There's actually um, there's a yowie crossing in Queensland. Like <laughs> official, oh, like yowies in this area. Yowie pedestrian crossing. <laughs> Oh, that would be terrible. Imagine, don't, like, actually, like, stopping there and going, like, where are the Yowies? Don't, <laughs> don't we they? also have dragons in the Blue Mountains? Nah, they're fake. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, it's like we literally don't know half of the wildlife in this continent. It's yeah, like, it looks so <laughs> bloody weird. Yeah, it's like in Tasmania, they're, like, pretty sure that the Tasmanian tiger's gone, but they're not entirely. And just like, uh, it, it that's is because extinct. they have, you know, like, reports like every now and again that pop up, well, I've seen a Tasmanian tiger, and I'm like, and you have really? A, and you have exploring a third of the bloody state made illegal. Hmm. Yeah. Well, then, like, you know, the, the same amount of reports that are like, oh, yeah, I've seen a Tasmanian tiger, are like, in the same numbers, oh, I've seen a black panther. Hmm. 
So well, the weird thing with the Tasmanian tiger is that there's actually more more sightings in Europe than there are in Tasmania for some reason. You know, one thing that I've always found very amusing about my home state in the U.S. What it was a legitimate concern when you were driving around that you might run over an emu. An emu. Yes. Is that? Like, they imported them into the U.S. as zoo animals, <laughs> let them out for some reason, and now North Carolina has an emu problem. Uh, so is there going to be a second great emu war? I don't know. <laughs> and to then be- the Yankees can lose to the emu just like the Aussies did. Oh, no, they we won't have- lose because they will send the we- entire militia, like the entire military after those emus. No, they'll just and then send after the entire that, population. And, it, and after that fails, they'll send in the militias. We have nukes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then... And then the big blackbird said, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Australia is just like five guys from the army just rocked up. Oh, no, up. it wasn't even that. It was two. No, it was five. No, it was two. The first mission only had two. Yeah. The officer and the guy manning the machine gun. <laughs> I thought there was five. Well, they needed reinforcements. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think that the second one, Jeez. they got two cars with machine guns. <laughs> and still lost. Well, I think, didn't they run out of bullets? Yeah. That was yeah. the first mission with the, sorry, the first mission they shot at them, then the emus ran in the other direction, and then the they cars ran, got stuck. They ran away. <laughs> we have been defeated. <laughs> it was a tactical retreat on the emus' part. A ta- tactical withdrawal before a frontal assault. <laughs> yeah, they had another case of that where they just charged past them. <laughs> and they couldn't di- then they couldn't turn the machine guns because this is World War One technology. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I'm very disappointed. Um, even though I can spend up to 250 US on a microphone, I cannot get it Bluetooth. I'm very sad. I'm sure there's a Bluetooth microphone somewhere. Oh, yeah, there online. is, but it's not a Yeti Blue. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeti Bluetooth. Yeah. There's, a, there's an opening here, people. <laughs> we need a contact. Oh, who is it that have yeti uh it's a company called blue yeah but i think Who owns them? i think there's a oh, they've recently been acquired <gasps> oh um yeah i heard By about someone this. else yeah um so it's just like contact them tell them we want bluetooth i know it's disney they've been buying up everything else <laughs> um yeah i had heard about this uh logitech that's logitech, right logitech that's it yeah, yeah. They're generally good, that good makes stuff. sense logitech Get on Bluetooth, Yetis. Come on, we need this. <laughs> so we can ha- pair them to our i our what what do you have? Like an iPod uh I I have an iPhone four S. Yeah. <laughs> I I was gonna say iPod four. No. <laughs> That's going back a bit. Mm. So they Logitech bought blue microphones for 117 million. Really? Yeah. Only that much? Yeah. Well they're they're a niche thing. I mean, yeah. high performance um mics. I mean, you've got to be a Basically, I mean, if you're a YouTuber and say, hey, I've got my Yeti Blue. Mm. <laughs> but, sorry. That's right up the alley for Logitech because, you know. They do all that sort of yeah. stuff. Mm. Low end and high end. They're great. But, um, you know, when people see, like, the YouTubers uh, having all their Yetis and stuff like that, like, it brings it down to the, like, you know, publicizes it a bit more. Mm. And, like, go, makes people go, I want this thing. So uh, there's probably, like, you know, a fair population of people that have a Yeti microphone. We can request sponsorship from Logitech. Wait, what? 
they have a thing for that. that. But, <laughs> but there's no video footage. How would they be able to tell the audience? No, the gaming society is a general. We can just use all of their stuff. I'd be totally up for us using... We've, we <laughs> use mostly Logitech stuff anyway. I was going to say, yeah, we no, use a lot of stuff of theirs. We'd have to get new keyboards, which I'm up for. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, if Logitech's going to be footing the bill. <laughs> and then we just, like, put it on our banner that's sponsored by Logitech. We already talk about them enough anyway <laughs> on the show. <laughs> oh. This sounds like a terrific idea. Yeah. <laughs> Though uh, something tells me they're not going to sponsor a university club Aww. in rural Australia. Aww. Why not? We could, you know, we could reach the whole entire university. Potential two thousand customers right there. We could, <laughs> we could, more we could, that. we could propose doing okay, a, 5, a joint thing with the agricultural department. Say, hey, what if we got, you know, cow-sized headsets, stuck them on Logitech headsets, stuck them on a cow, played soothing music, and then they'll be happy cows. Let's, let's, let's pursue this line of research. <laughs> let's see if it tenderizes the meat. Let's see if it makes the milk tastier. I let's just see if it does anything <laughs> at all. You see the cows just get more enraged by classical music. <laughs> no, to be fair. Until um, they put on Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. To, and then they're just like, yeah. To be fair, um, on our farm, uh, when we're feeding them, Dad has a call and he you know, yells, at, yells at the call. The cows come to him. Mm. It'd be great. Actually, no, that'd be freaking confusing unless it had like 360 degree you could tell where the sound's coming from mm. where the transmitter's coming from because then you could call them and they could come to you but with headsets they're not exactly directional <laughs> yeah we need directional microphones and <laughs> you trans- just we need a lot of stuff <laughs> you see the cows like they got their headsets on somehow <laughs> and then like you know you play the call through it they all just like start freaking out <laughs> looking every direction trying where to find out where this calls coming from they start running off randomly mm. you see a stampede going along oh gosh like, what have i done <laughs> technology it does not mix well with oh well i was going to say technology doesn't mix well with farming but then you know it really does mix really well with farming you just yeah. have to get farmers to actually you know implement it as the trick yeah, that, mm. that's the big problem mm. and farmers the, don't like taking on new technology well see the thing is they don't like they really because i live in a farming community they don't like university students going out there and telling them what to do so which is some, one of the reasons why i'm kind of looking at trying to get into agricultural research mm. is so I can say, hey, I'm from the farm. I've seen a problem that you guys might have. Would, you know, I've got a few ideas for how we might be able to fix it. You yeah. Know? Well, Instead of just saying, here, use this, it'll you know work. Yeah. yeah, it's just about the approach, really. Like, yeah. um, there are f- farmers that are, like, you know, old and set in their ways, mm. but there are also, like, a lot of, like, newer farmers that would be... Yeah. Well, there are some, like, established farmers who have embraced technology with open arms and are reaping the results from it. The other issue is is that, for instance, my the farmer who's our next-door neighbour, um, Dad taught, like, a couple of years ago, showed him a computer <laughs> and, you know, showed him, this is the desktop, this is a folder, it's kind of like a filing cabinet that you can <laughs> stick folders into. Um and then, um, and then he fired up MS Paint and blew his mind. <laughs> <laughs> MS Paint was good amazing. thing he didn't show him the internet. <laughs> um, so yeah, just some of them just don't either just have really no clue about computers at all, which it, makes farming incredibly difficult with the amount of online forms and stuff they've got to you know, yeah do nowadays. Mm. They'll probably just go down to, oh well, get mailed whatever they the forms mm. they need and fill them out. 
yeah. in person and then send them back. Yeah, probably. But how long's the bloody drive from your farm over to where the post office from is? From where I live, it's 40 minutes, most of which is on dirt. No, you just, when the postie comes along, you give it to him. <laughs> and yeah. he takes it. Yeah, and I imagine the. I mean, there's a fair chunk of Australia that doesn't get the postie. Mm. We're yeah. lucky. We're about the last stop. Oh, really? We're we're as if we're about as far out as they go. Oh, okay. So yeah, I thought that um, there was other ways of getting post out no. that far. No, Amazon's you just drones. have to go to town. We can talk you to Amazon and Domino's and see if they want to take over mail delivery with drones. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Why can't Jeez. we have like because le- letters are so light? Just mm. ship them by drone. Anyways, while I'm going to look up uh, Bluetooth mics, um, Yeti, uh, n- not Yeti drones. Um, <laughs> Yeti drones. <laughs> um, other Here other comes stuff. The Yeti. <laughs> oh, just, just more flying Yetis. Uh, I'm going to be doing something over the break. Um, so yeah, you've been listening to Tune FM 106.9 and the Unix Radio Show, and we will be back shortly.
sipping on something like got your counting right baby let me see you want your waist one time she bad out damn bad hit her with a line said she won't seal up the kiss if i got you make a kiss Welcome back to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And during the break, you found a couple of interesting things, didn't you, Michael? Uh, <laughs> Firstly, we found Flying Yetis. Yes, fly, if you do Google <laughs> Flying Yetis, it is amusing. It is. I, I had a crack up. Mm. Highly recommended Googling. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so a bit of background for this part before I get into the actual news. Um, Mo Yang has always been... Mojang and Microsoft, by extension, have been trying to find a new look for Minecraft because it's just too old. It, you know, it's too old. Can't have it anymore. Everything's spherical now. Um, 
<laughs> oh. Well, yeah, didn't you have a uh, thing going on last few weeks where you had people who played the original game coming back? What is it? Ten years later? Mm. Yeah, mm. because I had the whole ten year thing. Because yeah, yeah, because yeah, didn't we? It's I. I was playing their ten. Their like early alpha edition on radio. Yes, because I remember <laughs> playing the original original version mm. before before the before Microsoft purchased it, and it's a very different game. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, uh, Mojang had had announced uh, during E3 2017 that they were making the Super Duper graphics pack, which is just Super the Duper. dumbest name ever. Well, it is. Mo- um, it's like, well, Minecraft. you've got graphics setting. You've got normal, best, hey, yeah, I epic, Super Duper. <laughs> no, Super Duper. That's Super Duper, dear. <laughs> um, right. Now... Uh, they said Super Duper was an ambitious initiation I- I- initiative sorry, that brought a new look to Minecraft, but unfortunately the pack proved too technically demanding to implement mm. as you know to implement as planned. So they cancelled it completely. It seems like it just took up too much system resources. Yeah, well, Minecraft has a problem with taking up or, too much system resources anyway. Or, perha- or perhaps it was to do with taking up too much money. True. Well, the other issue is, is that Minecraft is really badly optimized. Optimized, so it t- oh, it yeah. only runs really on one core of a computer. Yeah, which means that even if you're running Intel with eight or yeah. something, you're not getting anywhere near the actual performance of your PC. Because it's still like, like I'm not too sure, but I know that there's a Java edition and a. Bedrock edition. Yeah, they're two completely different builds of the game. Yeah, I'm not sure about Bedrock, but I know that the Java edition is hamstrung by being very heavily CPU bound because it doesn't use the CPU properly. Mm. Anyways, so I'm just in there thinking like, is the Bedrock edition a different? Yeah, it's completely different. Isn't that the Microsoft version? Yeah, that's mm. that's the Microsoft is still Devel- they're basically developing two versions of the game at once, the Java edition and the Bedrock edition. Mm. It's just that their idea of going to Bedrock was because Bedrock is actually the same version of Minecraft across every single platform. Yeah, like the Xbox. Xbox, and, uh, Switch, phone, mm. everything. Which means that they only have to update and work on one version of the game instead of a different version of the game for every single platform they provide it on. Yeah. Which makes sense from a development standpoint because yeah. it would be a pain. <laughs> It's like, congrats, you've developed it for the Java version. Now work on the Xbox version. Do everything you did again. Mm. Um, so uh, NVIDIA has stepped in and said, hey, you know, we've got this thing. You might have heard about it. It's called ray tracing. People like it, I think. Maybe. But we, it's, have, it's we, have, this, we have this problem where there's not enough games that support it. So... NVIDIA has announced they're working on official ray tracing support for Minecraft. Which is just like... What the hell are they doing? (laughs) Make your blocks look all nice and shiny. Um, Probably blind you. (laughs) Make water look good. (laughs) So, So here is the description of their... What they're doing so far. Uh, lighting is upgraded to real-time global illumination, enabling light to realistically illuminate blocks and buildings as the world is modified. Emissive blocks like glowstone and lava can illuminate the, vi- the environment, 
along with other dynamic game elements. Don't they already have a mod for that? Yes. Mm. <laughs> but this is official. But this is official. This will actually be in the game and just do it now. Oh, so they're pulling Bethesda. Yes. Then again, Minecraft does this all the time. Mm. Pretty much most of the major features, including like trees larger than just a single tree trunk, the ones with branches. Yeah. Those are all mod features that yeah. have just been added to the game. Like I think the um the the you know how they recently hmm. added like the bigger oceans and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that was also yeah. based on a mod. Yeah. Though it doesn't have half the things that the mod had. Yeah. So basically they look at mods and say, Oh, we like, you know, that. Let's add that to our game. Mm. And then don't add credits or Well, they don't add enough of it, I think. Yeah. It's like you had the Mo Creatures mod which included the, you know, branching out tree, it had, you know, horses, llamas, everything. Mm. They've added a few things from that, but not many. Yeah. I guess they really need to drag out their development releases. Yeah, well, how long has it been out for? Like That's 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 a googleable question right there. <laughs> that is a googleable. It's g- old, g- 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 <laughs> it's old enough to remember when Steam first came out. Is it actually? Oh, I know it's been the first out a long game. time. It's like I, I know. 2002 or 6 or something. Oh, I thought it was leaning towards 2010, 2011. Okay. Hold on. I didn't get into no, that, that sort of stuff. No, that was more GOG was released around then. Minecraft was released Minecraft oh, was okay. released in 2011. Yeah, I and roughly from, that. And your comment about Steam... Because I remember us looking at when different things released. No, to, Steam was released in 2003. Mm. There we go. Uh, it was, so yeah, it's yeah. PS2 era. I mm. was too busy in school at that point. I only graduated in 2013. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there is a mod for this, uh, but I guess it'll be official. Next minute, it'll, you'll only be able to play it on your, you know, RTX line of cards. Well, yeah. Which oh, it, you mean Minecraft itself? Minecraft, <laughs> Minecraft will be only available on RTX cards after this. Oh, no, they couldn't do that. Well, especially because it's literally a mod. Mm. Of course, the other thing they're saying is um, um, the upgrade that they're doing itself will be moddable. So in-game designs that were previously impossible become a reality. You know, spooky ravines that fade into darkness. Um, fun houses made of mirrors. I don't remember those being fun. <laughs> Or caves that glow with the precious resources or dangerous lava within. And we can expect it to arrive within the next year. Okay. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that NVIDIA will be developing this from the ground up. Mm. They won't be, like, stealing code. Oh, oh, no. I hope not, anyway. NVIDIA is better than that. Yeah. Well, we hope so. Um, but, you know, so that takes time to develop. Like, you know, they have their technologies and stuff that like that, but... They just need time and effort and money. Okay. So so I just started reading just out of curiosity. I hadn't been meaning to talk about this at all. Fallout 76 has, you know, I remember I mentioned a while ago they had released a new vault, but it didn't have a number because they didn't texture the number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like a purple square or something. Yeah. Um, so that's Vault 94. It is a dungeon mm. raid. They've only just added instancing now, which means that in their other dungeon raids, they had issues of you could run in, you would, you know, since you were all in the same dungeon, mm. you could run into players, you know, other players outside of your party. Yeah. But the monsters would scale for the highest level player. What is oh. this? So, 
So if you were, you know, a nice little level 10 expecting to fight level 10 monsters and a level 50 guy is, you know, in the next room, he's raised all of those guys to level 50, you walk in, good luck trying to, you know, do a dungeon crawl. How how can they do that? How can that? you not have instancing? Why have you just introduced this? Just to get people clear of what instancing is, it's basically like you're thrown into your own little mini dungeon on the server so yeah. that only you and your party are in this dungeon. You don't t- um, rock in, like bump into anyone else. Yeah. Because, like, you know, so it makes it more like you, like, people aren't ruining whatever you're trying to do. So say you need to do, like, kill this specific thing that's only in this dungeon and uh, another team comes in, has already killed it by the time you get in there Mm. type thing. Yeah. So, and that's, like, a major staple on, like, raids and dungeon crawls and stuff like like that. work. yeah, in MMOs in general. Yeah, it's how they work. So it's not a new technology. So it's just like how how is it that you can be a game developer and just look at something that's estab- so established like that and just like you know what we don't need that. <laughs> it's like we're, uh, better, no. we're better than this. I think they were inspired by Reki Kawahara's SAO because that's what happens in that anime. Ah, uh, the bridge was spot on the making Bethesda the uh, producer for that. <laughs> but um yeah it's just like how but this is really really special when it comes out to the, it comes to their new fallout game i think they're very very special with everything that they've been releasing for the last year well see the issue is is that they can be very special with those games but they make them single player so that's fine. You can mod it. Not an on always online game experience. Okay, here's a question to just roll it back a little bit. Who is what like who developed Fallout seventy six? Bethesda. Was it just Bethesda, or was it like a company within Bethesda, like you know, like how they got Obsidian to do? I believe it was uh, Bethesda itself. Mm. Obsidian did New Vegas. Didn't yeah, New yep. Vegas. Developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It's an in-house thing. It is Bethesda by Bethesda. I was just sitting there. Th- I was sitting there thinking, like, who did they actually get to work on this? Like, was it like a like Todd a, Howard? <laughs> was it a team that has done multiplayer before? No, no. Or was it a team that's Nope. Well, or did they like acquire somebody else well, and then nope. like absorb well, before, them? Has Bethesda before, actually done multiplayer? Uh, they have before? done one, but that was a Skyrim that pretty much no one plays. Yeah, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. I've mm. not heard a lot about it at all. I remember. I think it. it's still going. Yeah, they're still doing stuff with it, but it seems to be somewhat. But when you when you compare Skyrim and the fact that it's basically a cult icon now to Elder Scrolls Online, which a lot of people probably haven't even heard of, or, you know, they know it exists, but they don't know anything about it, like me. Eh. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to kind of, like, go, yeah, Skyrim, like, you know, critically acclaimed game, everybody loves it. Like, it's on however many different platforms it's on and how many different re-releases it's had versus an online like an MMO, hmm. you know, there's like 50 million MMOs that you can play. Yeah. And, and they all take so much time to play. And it is interesting how uh, all of the games that they've been that Bethesda's been releasing for this last year, 36, 365 days, 
are almost all multiplayers. Mm. Like, um, what's it called? That's jumping on the bandwagon because there's other mobs like um, Fortnite and Apex Legends and stuff that are successful multiplayers. But don't you guys remember the YouTube video that they released? I think it was either 2017 or 2018, where they talked about how we're Bethesda know that gamers want single player and we will never tarnish ourselves and what do they release for all their titles after that video is released multiplayer multiplayer and none of them very good well the thing is is that you kind of have to go where the money is and there has been was with single player for bethesda there has been a trend recently like in the last couple of years like last what three to four years of having multiplayer games so it's also not bad for a company to try and see what they can do but, and like you know try something a bit different but putting all their eggs in one basket they've been developing um elder scrolls 6 for the last six years i know that but it's not being released right now is it yeah it's is, being released next year yeah i know that but it's not being released right now is it almost all the games that they've released for this for this section of year and a bit of last year, have been multiplayers. Yeah, they're just trying multiplayer. It hasn't worked for them. Yeah, in fact, I think it may be running them at a loss. <laughs> but, you know, they've at least tried something different. They could always open up a single-player version of Fallout 76 and mm. then hope to dear God that they actually use the older version of the they game because the current that. one's almost unplayable still. The problem is, is that they put so much marketing into Fallout 76 being multiplayer online to change that would be to you know well be like oh well you know we well, were going to do this and now we've released it like this uh, well. well here's the thing they actually lied about that because they said it was also going to be both multiplayer and single player you'd be able to play the game as a single player without any disadvantages to the fact that you're playing single player i think that that the way that they would have gotten around that was like you can play it single player on our servers you know yeah just make it a private thing. whereas most whereas most people would have assumed single player would mean you know either like a fallout game yeah. fall, like a fallout game just offline see the thing is is that uh how you structure an mmo or like something like fallout 76 and how you structure a game like fallout is completely different. Well, here's the thing. If they actually put NPCs into the game and just did a loose storyline, even just keeping the thing that you don't actually speak with anyone on the main mission, you just pick up various things, which is like what they did over in um, Fallout New Vegas on various missions, you could actually do that as a single-player thing or even have that as a potential multiplayer campaign on the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. thing is... Bethesda was being a bunch of cheapskates and decided not to put in any NPCs, which is what most people were worried about, because uh, it, particularly in the lead-up, because they were told it wouldn't be a problem. You uh, will be able to play this game just like any other Fallout. It'd be just as just as enjoyable, just as uh, invigorating and in involving you in the story. There's nobody that you can talk to aside from other players, and half of them probably don't have their mics activated. Here, here's a quick question, uh, Andre. You said that your brother pre-ordered the game. Yeah. Do you remember how much he did it for? I think it was 130, 160. Could okay. have been more. So I've been doing a little bit of research while you guys have been talking. So Bethesda did this game in-house. 
The mm. only um, other people who had any sort of multiplayer experience was the team which modified their engine for it a bit to allow mm. them to have new graphical features. Other than that, it's not even a new engine. It's literally the old engine modified to be a little bit nicer. Sounds about right. Yeah. And it's got most of the same skins from Fallout 4. Mm. Mm. But also um, a few other things as well. Um, so we all just heard the how, how, around 100 bucks you said? Hundred over. over 100 bucks, yeah. 130 to 160, I believe. There we go. Um, and that was without any of the added things to it. Yeah. As part of an apology for releasing a bad game, Bethesda said they would give um, all players of Fallout 76 a free copy of the Fallout Classic Collection, which is original Fallout, Fallout 2, and Fallout Tactics Brotherhood of Steel, which is a $29 thing on Steam. Mm. Uh, my brother, got, I believe, he acquired the uh, DVD from EB Games, so I'm not too sure he's actually liable for that. Yeah. No, I'd, I'll, it'll probably be for anyone that can prove that they... Well, this was something that they said the last... Game. This is something that they said last year. Yeah. So. I'll have to check again, because we only have uh, Fallout 3 and New Vegas and Fallout 4. Mm. Well, I mean... And 76. The, the original Fallout games are nothing like... Oh, you no. Know, three, New Vegas, and four. Three was a major turning point in yeah. the Fallout. They went 3D instead of top-down strategy. Yeah, something like, what, Diablo-esque. Mm. Didn't you have a hybrid game. for, I think it was Fallout Brotherhood? I'm not sure because I never played the original. I've only seen yeah. footage it, of the original, not, too. It's not the original. It's actually the uh, game that they made uh, in between Fallout 2 and Fallout 3. No, Fallout. Uh, and it was made with the original studio. Fallout, uh, the the third one. So you got Fallout One, Fallout Two, uh, Fallout Tactics: Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah, that one's so. actually a. Um, it's like an XCOM. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. It's an XCOM where you're, you know, controlling units on a battlescape and things like that. Okay, kind of turn based, like turn turn based strategy. Thought, I thought um, the first two were also turn based. Yeah, they are, but they're not. It's like you're controlling one character, whereas in this you're like controlling a team of people. Oh, and okay. Have, yeah, yeah. have you played XCOM? No, I haven't, but I have seen it. Yeah, I've so seen it played yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I've played some of it, but that's because my brother wants to go to the bathroom and he asked me to do it because he didn't want to hmm. waste time. <laughs> Joys. Um, anyways, I think we might have another music break. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time uh, time disappears here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Because we're just having a conversation. It's really hard to, like, when you're at home, have, having a conversation with friends, try and make sure you guys, like, set a timer and see how hard it is to keep 15 minutes of conversation in a little condensed package. Or you do what me and one of my friends used to do when I lived with them. And don't have friends. <laughs> what, what would happen is, like, we'll start talking at 12 o'clock, and by the time we realized, the sun was coming up. Yeah, I've got a friend that I do that with. We'll stop playing games, and it's like, yep, you know, this is a good time to stop. We'll you know, finish and go to bed. It's like five hours later, we've just been sat <laughs> chatting. Well, I've had a few cases at a gaming society because I'm in the middle of s- setting up mm. my uh, Hearts of Iron 4 game, which takes bloody ages. I think I told you guys last week about that. Mm. Then I'm talking with either you or one of the other guys around there, mm. And I'm distracted for about half an hour to an hour, and I still haven't actually reached the point where I can actually press play yet. Yeah. 
So anyway, we'll go to a music break now and we'll be back shortly on the Unex Radio Show, Tune FM 106.9.
Welcome back to the Unex Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And there's uh, been a bit of sad news this week, actually, guys. Um, Nintendo have um, copyrights um, striked a whole bunch of um, people doing um, that are supplying their music on YouTube. So people that take their um, soundtracks and put them on YouTube so people can listen to them. Now... Nintendo at the moment don't actually like supply this music elsewhere so that's why um, people have put it on YouTube because they can't go to like Spotify or something else to find this music. I think it's probably an issue with uh, the Japanese um, because Nintendo is a Japanese company and they probably don't understand just how big it is uh, how big the audience is outside of Japan because I believe Nintendo also has an American uh, equivalent to it, doesn't it? Well, it has, yeah, the American branch which controls the rest of the globe mm. of Nintendo. But uh, you have a similar thing with Sony as well, because the Sony American or not Japanese uh, mm. section has botched up most of the things it's been doing for the last few years, but the Japanese side has still been doing quite well. Uh, a similar thing with animes, they market to Japan without factoring in that some of their largest audiences are actually global. 
Well, for anime, I think that a large majority, like not a large majority, but still a majority of yeah. their audience is still in Japan. But that's because they haven't actually been marketing outside of it. It's usually just a natural growth. But that's a thing that I've noticed with a lot of Japanese companies. They're very insular and Japanese-centric in how they do their business modeling. And that's why they just leave everything else to the Americans. Well, that's Japan all over, though, isn't it? <laughs> Japan is very much for Japanese. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, not to the point. Well, if you remember back in the 80s, the Japanese were constantly expanding outside of Japan because they saw various business interests there. The problem that we have now is that they've become insular again, so they're letting the rest of the world potentially being a massive money scheme for them, and they're just not actually doing anything with it, or they've left morons in charge of their non-Japanese sections that are basically losing them a ton of money. Well, I don't know about all that all too much, but um, back to what I was saying <laughs> before, <laughs> that um, a couple of YouTube, um, like, I would say people that specialise in, that only do Nintendo music have been like, you know, kind of shut down because of all their copyright strikes. Have, has it affected uh, uh, Nintendo, um, people who cover Nintendo games? Because they'd be using the music a lot. I think it's only the... Providers. Th no, I think it's only people that supply the music itself, like the original yeah. soundtracks, not people that use like... Well, that's you fair, know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, not people that like, you know, would use the Zelda... Uh, opening a chess theme yeah. when they like you know get something in a game like that but what i think is happening it's like these youtube channels have been around for a long time mm. right yeah. like some of them have like could have i'm not too sure about exact numbers but they could have like millions of subscribers and stuff like that but why i think this has happened now is because people have been um hounding um, Nintendo saying make your music available to us like we'll buy the music we want to it's just you know there's no official way of getting their music so I think personally that Nintendo is going to release their music soon and that they're doing this as a preemptive thing so that people can't get their music for free yeah. and that they have to buy their music from like you know either spotify itunes or whatever service that they would put it on now this isn't like um confirmed in any way shape or form this is just what i personally think because um a lot of other developers and publishers like square enix and people like that have put their music available on these services as well so they i think also don't uh, screw people over if they're also doing it as well because uh, you do have a lot of uh, people who do music, or just the audio put onto a simple video file. Mm. And you have lots of YouTubers that do that with various companies, but they don't pull a Nintendo. Well, Nintendo is also a very aggressive, like, company that, uh, like, would protect their, well, protect, in air quotes, their IPs, their first-party IPs, strongly. 
I'd also, so I'd mainly say it's because the Japanese branch doesn't really have a good understanding of the situation, so they're just treating it as though it is a big issue. And then it's like with um, have you heard of the story behind the uh, Mario Bros movie? The Japanese we branch don't talk about that movie. Yeah, the Japanese <laughs> Bros discovered that uh, sorry, the Japanese discovered that people wanted a Mario film. They wanted to have a Mario film based upon Mario. But mm. they said, all right, you Americans, you can do it, whatever you like. <laughs> we'll just come up later before it's about to be released. Mm. The American branch wants to do a very, very serious crime drama set, uh, uh, inspired heavily by 1930s films. Um, and uh, that, of course, went on. That's how they got all the actors. Then the Japanese branch discovered what the hell was going on and discovered it was basically nothing about Mario. <laughs> So that's how you ended up with the modern film and all the actors absolutely hating it because they were given a completely different script. Yeah, yeah. well, no offence to the America branch, but they probably shouldn't have, you know, tried to make a crime drama out of Mario. Mm. Yeah, but that sort of situation with the Japanese just leaving it to the Americans, the Americans doing something and the Japanese not actually knowing what the hell's going on, then they get told about it, and then they have an immediate reaction, a very aggressive reaction. And then we have to see what comes from the aftermath. See, I reckon this one's purely for money, well, this that, particular that, that thing. That was also the Mario thing. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, they're trying to... I think, uh, me personally, like, again, this is not confirmed, but it seems like they're trying to make it so you can only get their this new product that they just found like oh hey we can actually sell this surely they could have done it better though and you know contacted who the youtube channels and been like yo take it down well, well the thing is is that they're also like their whole channel is based off copyright music so like ha- how are you supposed to like you know kindly word an email like that oh hey shut down your entire entire channel please well i mean if it's full of nintendo stuff then (laughs) yeah see like i can't exactly remember who the channel was but um they did tweet out and they were saying like they knew what they were in for they knew that this was going to happen they just didn't know exactly when it was going to happen and now that it has happened, they're like, okay, guys, it was, it's been a good run, but, you know, we can't do this anymore. Well, well look, I mean, that's a great attitude to have, like, knowing that it's going to, you know, come crashing down at some stage. Yeah. Mm. I think it's made worse by the fact that Nintendo is usually very conservative in how it deals with business. Nintendo is better known as the uh, company that the plumber builds because they just do Mario games and don't exactly expand out of all that many franchises, like I believe uh, Zelda and uh, uh, they don't, yeah, Zelda and a few others. Uh, what, what I mean, it? they Metroid. Have a, they have a fair lot of yeah, IPs. Yeah, but how how old are most of these IPs? Oh, they they do hang on to, yeah. but they also do refresh. Yeah, they like, do, but they're so traditionally it's not the same old thing. But yeah, but they're traditionally they do make new games and actually good games and hmm. sequels or just continuations. But they're very very conservative generally in their practices like how long was it before the latest before the switch came out that they weren't really doing anything oh you mean like on the wii u 
Yeah, like the Wii basically are just porting over games from other games after the big splurge with the Wii coming out. But you didn't really hear anything from Nintendo for quite a few years. They were very, very quiet, mainly because they were building up things for when this thing was launched. But it was a very qu quiet few years, very, well, they were very conservationist. The Wii U didn't do too well for a couple of reasons. A, it wasn't like, you know, the whole confusion and stuff. Yeah. That didn't help it from the get-go. Um, there wasn't too many first-party uh, games made on it, so yeah. there wasn't many um, like uh, Mario's or Zelda's or Metroid's yeah. put on it. There also wasn't many um, third-party stuff yeah. put on it either. But, so, but that's what I'm meaning with Nintendo, because for quite a few years they didn't really do anything for, for a while until the Switch came out. Well, they instead decided to focus... On the Switch. Uh, yeah. I was going to say on the 3DS hmm. portion of their business. So they decided, um, So they worked on that. That's what got them through the... Um, the years. Yeah, the Wii U years. Um, yeah, the Wii U years. And then when the Switch came out, it exploded and everybody loved it. And now they've got, like, you know, they're putting a lot of stuff into this like now they're fully basically don't do the 3ds anymore mm. because they've put they've the switch is basically that yeah they've made this console now that they're putting all of their development and all of their resources into a promoting and b making games for and like making it easy to develop for as well mm. so Badly so though yeah was there also a change in um, in administration for it? I'm not too sure on that side There's of things. There's a Japanese branch that's in charge of everything. It's just they generally don't talk with anyone. Well, I'm pretty sure it was all developed in Japan. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, it's the American branch that talks to us, but they generally don't talk about what's actually going on in Japan. They just say, yes, no, that sort of stuff. Well, at least the Japan side of things is, like, being very active. Yeah, particularly and in the last few years, very proactive. So there's a lot of first-party titles coming out that have A, came out, and B, are coming out. Mm -hmm. Though a couple of them, I would say about half of the games that have come out that are first-party have been re-releases and updates. Like, basically, like, they got the Wii U game, put all the DLC onto it, and shipped it, so... But at the same time, I think most people wanted to have an updated Mario and Metroid game. Yeah, well, Mario has come out. That was Mario Odyssey. And Metroid Prime 4 is coming out, mm. I think, 2020? And when was the last Zelda game? Uh, when the Switch w was released, so mm. a year ago. Yeah. I, ha I uh, haven't played those Two years ago, things. sorry. The only Wii we have at home is the, the original Wii. Mm. And so... Zelda Breath of the Wild was released two years ago and they're about to probably, I think they're going to release next year um, the second Breath of the Wild hmm. though I'm pretty sure that's doing a Far Cry 5 New Dawn where they're taking the entire map, changing it up a bit, like you know, um, not changing locations but like changing what happens here and there and then plonking it all back down again so it's like a new game, but old map. 
So basically, they don't have to develop a new engine. So just playing or, with the story. Yeah. They don't have to develop a new engine or landscape or, like, mechanics. Oh, I think they might add a couple new mechanics because you kind of have to add a new mm. couple new mechanics to a game. Otherwise, it feels stale and old yeah. right off the bat. But, yeah, so that's, I think, also 2020. What? Um, Breath of the Wild. Um, Can you do a quick... Uh, cheeky Google search to Breath see. of the Wild the 2 yeah see yeah. when exactly that comes out um, da, 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 da. or is that or did that not have a release date I don't know if it has a release date I'm just doing a quick well, while we're waiting for that has ah, Sony actually mm-hmm. released anything Sony yeah because like Sony also Japanese and one of Nintendo's big, biggest competitors um, traditionally they did release Spider-Man game last year yeah but um, Have they done anything aside from Spider-Man? Because that, that's generally their thing. Well, they're they're focusing on the PS5 at the moment. They're because this is the end of the um, of the Xbox um, PlayStation generation. It's not. It's about the halfway point. Sorry, like mid to halfway point of the Switch generation. Yeah. People are expecting December 2020, but they haven't actually officially oh. announced it. Okay, yeah. I would say probably might actually be March 2021. Yeah. Depends, because that's the end of the fiscal year. And also they'd be wanting to make sure there's no big bugs in the game. Mm. Yeah, it depends. They're not Bethesda. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're, uh, Sony's ramping up on the PlayStation 5. Um, they've got... Uh, Death Stranding coming out soon, as well as The Last of Us Two. Mm. So their first part, um, not I don't know if they're first party, but I know that they're exclusives. And I'm pretty. I don't think that Spider Man's also first party. I don't think Sony does first party things, yeah. but they do do exclusives. So, yeah, uh, I'd say the Japanese branch generally does, but what we actually see out here in the West probably isn't a lot. Because mm. I think with Sony, the, they've got an even worse situation with, than Nintendo. The American branch is almost completely separate from the Japanese branch. Mm. But you have to also think that Sony doesn't do just consoles either. Yeah, they do movies as well. They do like t- TVs, consoles, yeah. cameras, screens. Like they're actually really big in cameras at the moment, aren't they? They're like, you know, the top-end cameras. Yeah. But they're also doing really, really badly financially in most of these ventures. See, I, I've Sony does basically from recording, like think of a movie timeline. They yeah. do from the start, like recording and stuff, all the way through to end viewing experiences. Mm-hmm. So they do like a very large range of um, products. Yep. So it's hard to kind of keep up with everything at once type thing yeah. and develop in every single sector techno- technologically yeah. wise and keep going because I've had my eye on Sony for a while and they've been doing financially very poorly it's one of the reasons why they had to do a sort of a deal with Disney I think it was last year particularly over Spider-Man rights Mm. which is why Spider-Man's actually part of the MCU but um, yeah Sony's been losing a lot of money not so much in the actual tech but particularly in games consoles and in uh, movies a lot in the movies and that's mainly because of the American branch Okay. 
Well, anyway, I think we've been talking <laughs> for a little bit now. A little bit. So um, we'll go back to a music break. So this has been Tune, oh, the Unex Radio Show. There we go. On Tune FM 106.9, and we will be back. Tune FM, the beacon of goodness. Unlike some other tools we know. Never 
Welcome back to the Unex Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And we totally didn't like just start talking and then not realize that we were supposed to go on. Mm. That's not why there's not what, like five seconds of dead air. (laughs) To be honest, though, it feels like five seconds. But when I was listening to the podcast, it's like no time at all. Oh, okay. Good. There's just like that that hyped up moment of sheer panic. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like he just turns to us and goes, oh, we're on, by the way, guys. It's just like, oh. <laughs> so, Surprise. So I've got a few things to talk about. Yeah. Um, epic. Okay. Firstly, uh, Andre got slayed by a dragon. Yep. He's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, Rip Andre. He had to return to the safe point of his house yeah. to do assignments and stuff. So yep. Rip. Rip will be remembered. <laughs> Um, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, we have had our two big, you know, well, our two competing uh, game stores have updates. It's amazing. Steam has had an update, and the Epic Game Store has had an update. Steam's had an update? Yes. When? Like, just now. Oh. I think. What well, did they do? <laughs> did they actually update Steam? Yes, there, there has been an update to Steam. I will go through the Epic Games Store, and then I'll go through Steam. Okay, okay. All right. So uh, changes for the Epic Games Store. Uh, they have expanded their cloud save system because apparently cloud saves are more complicated than just, you know, telling a game, go make cloud saves. Yeah. Um, so they've expanded that. They've redone their product pages so mm. that those are, you know, nicer because they had issues before. And they've added keyless integration with the Humble Store. No. So basically, if you link your Humble Store, your Humble account, and your Epic account, games that are available from Humble on Epic Store 
You just buy it on Humble, and it instantly is added to your to your library. Um, question: Does that make it so that the key is now an epic key, or is it like so? Say that you have logged into your Humble and you're logged into your Epic, mm. but you only you don't like Epic, and you're only getting it for like something like Borderlands Three or well, then, Metro Exodus. Yeah. So then you don't link the two accounts. You just get the key and then ah, okay. put it over. I was going to say like if you if that's linked, is there any way to make it so you can take that key and put it into Steam mm. rather than having it automatically done on? Well, the Humble? the thing is, is that um, this is something that Ubisoft has also done. And it's an attempt to uh, end key reselling. Okay, yeah. So if you you know you bought this game, this is you know you know Humble's got all these eulers and stuff like that to say this is your key. You're not allowed to resell it. Oh, okay. But since like from the Humble Bundle and things like that, you can just get the key and not use it. Mm. You can resell it. Um, so this is something that they're trying to deal with. So for instance, um, as their expansion of games gets larger. The Humble Bundle, instead of you having to go to the Humble website and just down, like, getting all the keys and copying, pasting them and stuff like that, you just, you know, get up in the morning, bam, the Humble Bundle is now in your library. That's fairly cool. That is very cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. Um, So your mileage might vary because it's a new feature. Yeah, also it might be, is it um, everywhere or is it like region? It's everywhere, I think. As far as, I haven't seen anything to do with region lock. Okay. Um, So they've added cloud save, which happened in July, but they've just expanded it to be on Mm. more games. I won't go through the list. It, It must be like, you know, they can't do everything at once type thing. Yeah, everything needs to have their own server and setup done. Oh, okay. So just getting that done and making sure it works and things like that. For instance, um, Hyperlight Drifter, some racing game, they actually disabled the um, cloud save for recently because it was causing an issue to cause the launcher to crash because it couldn't hook up to the server properly or something, I guess. Okay. Um... They are working on preloading, uh, fe- a preloading feature, where I believe it's um, you download the game before it's launched, and oh, then yeah. on the release date you're allowed to play it. Yeah. Um, they've uh, enabled the preloading feature, but only for certain games. Okay. So, for instance, they've, they've specifically said it won't be available for Borderlands 3 because they're not sure if the system is robust enough to handle the that, demand. Yeah, that much traffic Which going through it. makes sense. I mean, that's a fairly reasonable <laughs> thing. It's like, let's yeah. not test this on a blockbuster. Yeah, well, what? That would be probably about 50 gigs or something. Mm. Imagine how many people downloading that game. Yeah. <laughs> like millions. They're also testing um, an improved installation system to reduce time and uh, drive space requirements for games. Okay. I don't know what that entails. Apparently it's live for um, in For Honor and will come to other Ubisoft games shortly. Oh. Um, they've also redes- they're also redesigning the game library uh, thing to be more of a list. Yeah. Kind of like what Steam does, where you yeah. click on it, it brings up the page. Looks different because obviously it's not Steam. Yeah, they have to go their own way. Yeah. Um... Uh, da, 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 da. Also adds a playtime tracker to help users ensure they don't unintentionally exceed refund time limits. Oh, okay. Which I'm kind that's of good. curious. Epic game. Let's see. That's that'd a, be nice to you. That's that sounds like a nice feature. 
you know, you've played this game for this long. By the way, if you, you know, you want to refund this, you're running out. I don't think that's the way it is. It's like it just shows how much time that you've played on the game. Yeah, because before you you couldn't tell how long you'd played. Whereas on Steam, it's like I can look at a game and say, I can't refund it after two hours of gameplay. How long have I played it for? Yeah. Mm. So up until two hours of gameplay, it actually tells you how many exactly minutes you've Mm. played the game. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but um, yeah, it's not a feature like saying, "Oh, if you want to return this game, like if you want to refund this game, now is like your last chance." Yeah. It's like, oh, it just has a counter. Yeah. Okay. So that you know, if you like, you have to keep track of it yourself. Yeah. Okay. Thing. Yep. Epic actually has a very similar refund policy to Steam. Two mm. hours, it's non-refundable. Fourteen days, it's non-refundable. Um. So yeah. That's a nice big long list of improvements for Epic. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, that's... It's getting there. It's getting there. I was going to say that that's a lot of features that Steam already has. Yeah. But, but it's, Steam's like, you said it was released in 2003? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it is still catching up, mm. but... I'm it's not even ca- sure Steam has preloading. Yeah, so. no, it does. It does? Okay. Yeah. I think it's like only a day before the hand, though. Yeah, okay. And I think you can actually, like, if you pre-order a game, mm. I'm not quite sure with this, but I'm pretty sure that when I downloaded Sekiro, I could play it, like, a day early type thing. Okay. Well, so um, I'm not sure exactly with that one. It might be wrong. Don't crucify me. Yep. Would you like to hear Steam's update yes. now? Because this one's got me interested. Is it actually like a proper update where they add features and stuff or move stuff around? They've, they've added a feature. Or is it just like, it's oh. A, it's a feature. What? One. One feature. Yeah. So when you click ignore on a game in your, you know, queue and stuff like that, you can tick ignore this or you can ignore, play, you, or you can click ignore played on another platform so it doesn't keep advertising you games that you play. But also, you know... For me, when I click ignore on a game which I own on another platform, and it's like, oh, you don't like this genre. I guess you like anime then, and this, <laughs> the algorithm gets completely screwed yeah. up. So it's there, save the algorithm because otherwise it sends you weird stuff. Yeah, like... And I just trained it to not send me anime. <laughs> it's like a, the, the Steam algorithm for recommendations is like a puppy. It's really, really good at picking up bad habits. <laughs> You've got to be really careful to, you know... Treat it right. Yeah. That's it. That that's literally all I got for Steam. Oh, I thought it was gonna be like I was expecting like improved Game performance features. Yeah. No, I was expecting uh, uh, improved performance on people's Anything. computers. Yeah. Seems that's a bit it. like Intel at the moment. It's you know it's got itself established. Doesn't think it needs to do anything more. Yeah, like I don't know, like yeah, I. I I personally think that you do need a bit of change up here and there. I discovered something to change up a bit, actually. Mm. You can install skins on Steam. Yeah. It's cool. Mine looks pretty now. It's awesome. I've never figured out how to do it. I know that you can do it. You just go to any, like, you just Google Steam skins, and there's web pages where you can get literally anything you want. I'm fairly sure I could get, like, a Sekiro um, Steam skin. Um, You've uh, piqued my interest. (laughs) Uh, Steam uh, skin. Because, yeah, I, ha- I just haven't played around with that yet. So, <laughs> haven't been bothered. Right. I should because they look cool. <laughs> yeah, you can get all sorts of neat ones. Uh, I think I used steamskins.org. 
Yeah, steamskins.org okay. was a good one. Um, I just need to look at how to spell secure. How do I spell it? Oh, uh, S-E-K-I-R-O. Yeah. No, it's a six-letter word. Sekiro. Yeah. I-R-O. Kind of expected to be a Q. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, Japanese doesn't have... Oh, sometimes it has Qs, but in the... They have, like, um, hiragana, hiragana, katakana, uh, and then they have... What's the third one? Jeez. Uh, complete mental blank on the third third lot. They have like three different alphabet type things. Kanji. Kanji? I think it's kanji. That sounds complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> but kanji, if it is kanji, so don't yell at me in the comments, please. <laughs> Even though we don't have comments. <laughs> Um, Don't scream at our podcast. Next, next minute, I, you know, I, when we get people on our Discord, I actually set up a proper like Discord radio channel that streams this to the Discord. That would be great. That would be actually pretty that cool. That would be really cool. And then I could chat with people and they can tell me I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> it's like my friend sends me messages on Discord, which I don't check until after the show. Uh, it's like, yes. Well, anyway, back to what I was trying to say. Hiragana and Katakana... Um, are very um, more simplistic than kanji, and they don't have a Q in them whatsoever. Okay. That's uh, what I was trying to say. So I, I've, I'm just <laughs> scrolling through this list. Uh, Steamcustomizer.com. Better. It's just oh. better. You can see it actually shows you the skins. It's quite nice. Oh, okay. I just found a Windows 95 one. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a massive Windows 95 logo up at the top right. <laughs> nice. Um, For when you want to do all the old stuff. I know, right? Um, anyways. Proper Steam. <laughs> yeah. They've got a whole bunch of game stuff here. I wouldn't be surprised if someone's made a secure one. Plus, it's an editor, so you can make your own if you want to. Okay. Just, you know, use someone's one that's got a color scheme you want and just replace the image with <laughs> a Sekiro image. Yeah, or a bonfire from Dark Souls. Yeah, that, that, could, be, that could be fine as well. Uh, can you add gifts to them? Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be so great if you could just have, like, a little gif. Because mm. <laughs> um, the bonfire from Dark Souls can have, like, the fire going yeah. up and stuff. like Or, like, you know, whatever else you can think of. That's just the one that comes to my head because... Massive from oh, mm. massive Dark Souls nerd. Oh, fan. Well, there fan. is fan is the word to say, not nerd. There are Dark Souls ones. I have, you know, there wasn't <laughs> secure. I think it might be too new or yeah. something. But I have found a Dark Souls one, and it's uh, when it loads. <laughs> there we go. Here, come around, Nick, and have a look. So it's a it's a um, sort of like an off gold color scheme. With the Dark Souls knight above. It's actually quite a nice color scheme. I like I, it. I, I kind of like that one. It's cool. So, yeah, steamcustomizer.com. Check it out. It's awesome. They've got, you know, guides and stuff on how to actually do it. Um, so, yeah, that's neat. Anyways, after getting completely uh, derailed. <laughs> yep. Um, other thing, quickly, that's just I find it's like it's bad, but at the same time, yes. Um... There is a rather bad uh, malware going around called Boulder, mm-hmm. uh, which is a um, up-and-coming password stealer malware. Okay. 
I absolutely love the way that they distributed it, though. Yeah? It was packaged in um, hacking software for Fortnite, Apex Legends, and CSGO. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, you know, got any of those... Um, if you are a terrible person and have been using hacking software that you downloaded from, you know, links on YouTube or anywhere else like that. Um, that's Karma's a, coming for you. That's yeah. just a bad way to try and get your hacks anyway. Get wrecked, noob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's one thing I do love about hackers in Team Fortress is when I run into them, they're really obvious because their aim is perfect, but their game sense is terrible. Mm. So you can typically just outgame them <laughs> um, if you can get past them. Yeah. So that's amusing. And another... No, that's not the other game. I found it, I found a weird version of chess, but it's not really worth talking about. It's weird. It's chess with gravity. So, okay, okay. chess already has gravity. All right, it's me, called play it on a board. Let me, let, me, let me explain. So, are you familiar with the um, like very very basic uh, view of chess, where you're looking at the board from the top, and you've got you know your little icons to share where the yeah. pieces are? Very basic. Now take that and combine it with a connect four. So. Let's say, for instance, you move one of the pawns right up at the top of the board mm. across. Yeah. It will then drop all the way down like a Connect Four piece. Oh. Uh, that sounds weird. So wait, how do you win? Um, basically, you prevent the other team, the other player from create. If you're black, you have a massive disadvantage because well, you go last. You go last. Um, in your case, you typically want to go for a draw. Um, it's a real pain to. Get the, get to the king because all of your pieces are falling down. Basically, you've got to build a mountain of pawns and try and get up and over it. Jeez. Um, so that was kind of weird. But as an actual interesting game that I found, which I tried to download, but sadly... It, 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 it didn't work? It's not worked. Oh. Uh, the download didn't work right. The internet here has been dodgy, so yeah. it's entirely possible. We'll try it next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will totally review this game because it looks cool. So the game is called One Monster RPG. So <laughs> Jen's just like, hmm. <laughs> so the, the game is a the game title's a bit misleading because it's not really an RPG. Yeah. Like um we saw it, um, we were looking at it in the um break. Mm. So Yeah. Uh, a couple breaks ago, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so basically, the actual game is you are an RPG character who has finished the game. You have killed everything. Everything is gone except for the and you're level ninety nine, except for this one teeny tiny little sad baby slime, which is level one. Now, because you're a completionist, you really want to get to level one hundred because that's what you do in that, RPGs. That's what you do in RPGs. Yes, but. Killing a level 1 slime as a level 99 character isn't going to get you any XP. Because, you know, you, you, need you, like you literally look at it and it dies. So what you do instead is you get it to attack you, and then you just sort of lead it around the map and get it to eat things along the way. And eating things will increase its level. So you're then wandering around with this huge slime after you. It's like, come on, you know. Eat your apples, that's good. Now go and eat these trees, that's cool. Now go and eat, you know, follow me as I walk through this village and eat the villagers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, at the end of the game, you finally have yourself a worthy opponent that you can then kill to achieve level 100. 
See, it sounds cool, and I'm probably also going to give it a go yeah. throughout the week. <laughs> it Actually, like... tomorrow at games night, yeah, yes. we can play it. Yes, it sounds awesome. That's what we'll do. <laughs> this sounds very awesome indeed. One, uh, one monster RPG. It's a game on itch.io. 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 So, go look it up, I guess. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool. It's a neat little subversion of the genre. Yeah. Eat everything so I can get it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll go to a music break now. So, this has been the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9, and we will be back. Tune FM, 106.9.
Welcome back to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And, and yeah, we're not totally doing the same mistake that we just did last time either. No. It's a surprise every time. It's always a surprise. <laughs> surprise. So, so just before we finish up, you're telling me before, Michael, that the new Navi cards apparently run, can run at... Oh, we didn't talk about this? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Run at 110 degrees Celsius. Yes. Not Fahrenheit, Celsius. Celsius. And that is actually expected and within spec. My head, like, he told me about this and my head was just like, wait, what? I kind of want to get one of these now and see how high we can crank it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to put this into perspective... 
most graphics cards will cut off their their function mm. at 84 degrees Celsius. Yes. So, like, normally they have um, active cooling when they reach about 50 degrees Celsius, and that that active cooling can normally make it so even cards that are overclocked don't go above, like, 75 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So when they're saying, oh, yeah, this card goes at 110 degrees Celsius, just like, um, what? <laughs> yes. So what they're blaming this three-digit um, number on isn't so much that the card runs hotter. It's that they're actually receiving a more accurate temperature of what the card's actually doing. Because instead of having, I don't know, how the sensor arrangement is normally done, but they say they've got an array of sensors across the die, and that lets them see precisely what's happening at its hottest spot, not just, you know, a spot where all the heat is bleeding to. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that the cards have always run at 110. It's just that we've never actually seen that because it's been too far away from the sensor to... Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Like, um, Like, it's on the back of the heat spreader or something like that. Yeah, they've, so they've moved it and there's probably a manufacturing thing where they knew it was always this hot but their temperature sensor detected something different because it's, you know, in a different spot. Yeah. So it's within spec apparently so it's fine if it runs up to 110. Apparently that's when it will start throttling. Oh, okay. Is that 110? 110 actually reported, not, you know, actual because it could have been throttling at 110 and you wouldn't have known because it looked like it was startling at like 80 mm. just because of the distance between the pl- two sensors. Um, there was also another thing which I saw which I stupidly got rid of which you'll find interesting, Nick. Mm. Um, so uh, was it Moore's Law? Yeah. Yes. Could you explain that while I find this So thing again? what Moore's Law is, I think, I'm not like, you know, so technically, my, like I haven't really gone into this all too much but i think it was like every year the size of a transistor or the amount of transistors that can fit on a single wafer of silicone double so basically you can get twice as much every year now i'm pretty sure that's been slowing down hasn't it yeah it has been slowing down people have been considering um that we are reaching the end of the rope because we have just um, because uh, TSMC which is transistor something 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 uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company which is the largest independent semiconductor foundry um, has been saying yeah we've just started producing on a 5 nanometer node (laughs) so you know things are getting a bit small Mm. Now, um, they've been saying it's impossible to continue Moore's Law because we've just gotten to the point where things are too small. Yeah, it's too saturated. So a typical typical transistor is about 20 nanometers long, which means we've hit the point where we can start measuring their length in atoms. Which is just, like, crazy. Yes. And, like, these are things that are in your computer. Yeah, you have, like, bazillions of them. Um... Now, uh, TSMC and Intel are both like, nah, we're going to buck trends and, you know, you know, do it better. Um, so 
TSMC have been looking at using other elements from the periodic table to do the same thing. So we might, okay. they might actually phase out silicon dye at one silicon at one point just because it's not capable of going small enough. Okay. And what? Well, but then like other factors come into the thing where it's like not maybe the size, but maybe like the the properties of the mm. element. Yeah might change and stuff. So So I'm just going to read out something that they are talking about. Um, So here's one, a statement that they released. One possible path forward is the use of transistors made of two-dimensional materials instead of silicon as the channel. Uh, To that end, we are rating the periodic table. By potentially using these new materials, one possible future of great density improvements is to allow the stacking of multiple layers of transistors in something we call monolithic 3D integrated circuits. You could add a CPU on top of a GPU on top of an AI edge machine, an edge engine with layers of memory in between. Oh. So it's like the super sandwich. Yeah, so instead of it being like, you know, the CPU that you put into a thing, it's all in there and it's a sandwich. Yes. All together. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a path of development that they're taking. That's crazy. That's... Imagine the heat. <laughs> Firstly, imagine the heat, but also imagine how small things could be then. Yeah, like how small a computer could be. Like instead of like, you know, needing a big box, mm. you need something like that's the size of your fist. Yeah. To do everything that you need. Yeah. You just need IO <laughs> at the back of it. Like all your like HDMI ports. Probably really, ports. really good cooling. Yes, yes. Next minute, we work out how to put uh, Bluetooth into it. So what you do, what you what you have is you have your computer, all right, with really, really high quality Bluetooth. So it's very powerful and very accurate. Doesn't have any packet loss at all. Yeah. Then have Bluetooth I/O. Oh. So instead of having like you normally get like a USB hub where it's you know USB hub to USB to the hub in the computer, you have Bluetooth hub. That could be interesting. If you could make it that data transfer speeds were fast enough and... Well, Wi-Fi 6. Yeah, Wi-Fi 6 perhaps. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, just kind of like... Cableless computers. Yeah, like you have a little box Hmm. that's... And then all your I.O. is, like, in another little box. So they have, they have like, the push-button synchronization for, like, wire, wireless devices. Yeah. So you push the button on the wireless device, you connect, and then it just works. You don't have to worry about passwords. Mm. And Bluetooth as well, I believe. Can you imagine perif- how easy it would be to do a, do a setup? You know, oh, I've got my PC. I've stuck it here. I'm going to push the button on the PC and push the monitor on my push the button on my monitor, my keyboard, my mouse. Everything is wireless. Everything just instantly syncs up to it, and boom, done. That would be great. That would be awesome. Now, imagine if also that screen was, like, you know, holographic. Because that's probably be the time when that now, type of technology is Now, here. imagine if you had a desk, okay, a purpose-built desk for the system, mm. which was a massive wireless charging coil. And then you take your monitor, you put your monitor stand on, you stick it on your desk, you take your keyboard and mouse and stick them on the desk. You put, hell, if you could put enough power through it, you could put your PC on your desk, (laughs) sit it there, push the button on the PC, everything syncs up, and everything is wirelessly charged. Why have we not got wireless charging keyboard and mouse at least yet? That's a 
good question. We've been making freaking RGB gaming desktops. We uh, gaming desks. We need wireless that, charging. That is a good question because then, like you know, you'll be constantly charging your device, and that's not exactly the best for your well, device health or battery well, what, health. Well, what you could do in that case is you have a little. So, for instance, I've got a wireless keyboard here at the radio station. What you do is you have your desk break out into, let's sections. say, six sections, okay? Mm. And you have them about the right size for a keyboard, you know, a mouse yes. pad, monitor, if you so desired. Mm. And what you do is you have each section controlled by a little control chip in the device. So you put it on there, and then that control chip monitors the amount of charge, and then says, right, I'm charged, and then the desk just shuts off that, sec that section. It would be good idea just hard to do technologically wise at the moment i don't see why not okay so the table would weigh a ton <laughs> <laughs> the table would weigh a butt ton but wireless peripherals like that that would just be you know just go would uh, this is what we do we contact logitech <laughs> would you like to buy our idea from to be fair they're probably working on something right now yeah. i'm just i'm just glad that i've come up with another great idea i'm going to add this great idea to my other great idea i had last year of keg chairs <laughs> now you just need to trademark it yes the unix keg chair and <laughs> wireless wireless everything wireless setup. charging keg chair well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, all right? People are always going about the portability of laptops. I know we're probably going to go a little bit over here, but hear me out. Okay, wireless charging lap, you know, char wireless charging PC like this is the ultimate portable setup because as long as everything has battery, even if the PC itself had a, you know, its power supply unit also had a battery, you could literally take your entire PC up with you, leave, <laughs> set it up, you know, you might want to have a different monitor because, you know, you can't use a 4K monitor on a train, mm. for example. But take it, set it up. You still have a mobile system. Mm. And this would make a desktop PC the most mobile system possible. Laptops would be obsolete. Obsolete. Anyways, mm. Nick is getting desperately to plug. Oh, I'm just looking at my, f uh, my watch going like, oh, time, time, time. Anyway. But this is such a cool idea. I know, and I wish we could talk about it more, but we're strapped for time. Yeah. And unfortunately, as a host, I need to like rein us in a little bit sometimes. Uh. Anyway, plug time. Yes. Uh, so tomorrow night, up in the stroh at 6 p.m., we have games night, as we always do. Um, so there will be our VR machines, both of them set up there, working properly because we, yes. <laughs> we fixed problems. Well, we didn't really fix it. The stroh did, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we have Anything our <laughs> we have our Switch, our Xbox up there. We have board games. We have our PCs. We have Magic the Gathering, and we also will have our sausages and drinks as always uh, with a one dollar donation. That is very appreciated. And I think that's all for the plugging. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, six p.m. tomorrow night. Up at the Stro till normally Wednesday. We normally go over 12 o'clock, so. Um, well, at least we do anyway. <laughs> yeah, come on up. Even if it's for like an hour or so, come on up. Get a bit social. Get out. And, yeah, just so you don't get bogged down with all the assignments. You know, an hour or two won't hurt. Hmm. 
And uh, next week we'll be back at six o'clock again. Yep. For another um, radio show. Mm. It is being streamed. Oh, not streamed, but um, uploaded to. Spotify and iTunes and I think something else though. We, it is something else, but I keep forgetting can, the name. We, it's like we talked about it last week and remembered what it was, but we can't remember it now. Um, the streams have been going up late because the radio, uh, in no, general, internet was just down. Has been having internet problems, so mm. the back catalogue of like you know, I think there's like what 15, 20 shows. Yeah, they all have to be uploaded, so. It will take some time to get the last couple of weeks up. So just if you don't find it straight away, don't worry. It should be up by the end of the week. Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully. And that is us for tonight, just before 8 o'clock. Expertly done, Nick. Yes. <laughs> you could have let me two more minutes to talk about my great idea. Uh, oh, well. We'll talk about it next week. Or at the games night tomorrow. Yes. Amazing. Come yes. join us. It'll be fun. Um, so that's us for tonight. Yep, that'll be us for now. You've been listening to Tune FM 106.9 and the Unix Radio Show. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.